Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's Roundup. I got to record these a little bit earlier than usual, so there's a chance that posts will come in after I'm done recording, but I will catch up to all of that next week. I'm not going to let anything get lost, so don't think we forgot anything or missed anything. There's a bunch of posts that are mid-progress right now. We just didn't have time to finish them up before I started recording, so don't worry. It'll all get to it next week, but anyway, let's jump in and see what we got. First up, Datadiscs have just opened pre-orders on another run of Streets of Rage 2 vinyl soundtracks. This is a repressing of the first run that they had done a while back, and I guess this was just due to popular demand, because a lot of people were finding out about these just recently and realizing how good quality Datadiscs releases are, so I think they just wanted to make sure to get enough out there for everybody. The price is about 30 euros, and it's scheduled to ship in February, so just a couple of months away, and this will be a frosted clear 2LP version. So uh, I think the original one might have been red. I don't remember. I had the opportunity to check out a ton of these different data discs releases, and they were all absolutely awesome. My personal favorites, while I absolutely love the Streets of Rage soundtrack, I own the Outrun Afterburner and the 3D Lenticular Space Harrier cover as well. And uh, it's just, I love all three of those, and I'm, I'm so glad I was able to get them. I guess I should probably consider just picking these up for the collection because it's a good soundtrack, um, great artwork, and and I just like supporting data discs because they do a great job with this stuff. And uh, I don't know, I think this is a cool one to own. So if you're interested, now's the time to pick it up. And once again, they'll ship in February. Next up, Retro Gaming Cables has just opened a new round of pre-orders on their Rad 2X HDMI cables. The price is $75 plus shipping, give or take, and they're due to arrive in March. Now, there's a bunch of things that I want to remind people about, even if you're fully aware of these cables, so I'll skip to the end and then hit up a couple of details that you might be interested in. First, these are the only plug-and-play HDMI consoles I would ever recommend for 90s era or earlier stuff, except the Dreamcast, because that does 480p. So other than the Dreamcast, if it was made in the 90s or earlier and it'll work with the Rad 2X, this is the only plug-and-play HDMI cable I would recommend in almost every single scenario. There are zero latency. They were designed by Mike Chi, so they have RetroTINK 2X technology in them. They have the smoothing filter for early 3D graphics like N64 and PlayStation 1. They also, smoothing filter works great on the uh, 480i graphics, so PlayStation 2 type of stuff as well. And the number one question I get 
uh, regarding the Rad 2X, well, the two questions are why are they better than the other cables? Please check out all of the videos that I go into very great detail doing these comparisons on. But that short answer is no latency and they actually process the image correctly. But the other question I get is, should I get these or a RetroTINK 2X if I'm on a budget? And my answer has always been the same. Make sure you take a total look at what you want your short-term solution to be. So, for example, let's just say you have a PlayStation 1 and a Sega Genesis Model 2. You might have compatibility issues with the RetroTINK 2X, which might lead you to have to go get some HD RetroVision cables, so you'd actually end up spending more money using a RetroTINK 2X than just getting two of the Rad 2X cables. But on the flip side, let's just say you have um, original Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis, PlayStation, Saturn, and you already have decent cables for some of them. You know, Some you have composite, some you have component video then it would actually be cheaper to get the RetroTINK 2X and go through there. Also, think of the total solution, including the switch. Are you gonna pick up a cheap component, which could also be used as composite video switch, like a $20, $20 one I recommended? If that's the case, then cool, you know, use the, the TINK 2X, but what if you already have an HDMI switch that you're gonna be using? Maybe that's cheaper. Maybe a couple of Rad 2Xs, three or four of those, and an HDMI switch hooked up to your TV. It really is a total solution question. Performance is the same. The only advantage you get is built-in RGB support, so you don't need to get an HD retrovision cable or a SCART cable or something like that. So there, there's really no wrong answer, which is the good part, but the bad part is everybody's answer is going to be different. So you need to really think about your total solution. The one thing I will say as somebody who dabbles in everything from the lowest quality solutions to the best possible solutions on the planet, there have been many times where I needed to just do a demo, fire up something, check something, whatever, and I just grabbed the Rad 2X cable, plugged it into the capture card or TV, and that was it. I didn't have to fumble through all of my boxes that I have here to get the right cables and setups and scalers. So the simplicity of it, I really learned to love even more after I made those videos, just because of how easy it is to just grab and go. So if, uh, if you know anybody who wants these, or if you want these, I have links to everything in this one post. All of the Rad 2X videos, but also why you need a scaler at all, and also my Tink 2X Pro video that I just put out, so that if somebody really wants to get into this for the first time and they're trying to understand how to get their feet wet, it's a lot of videos to watch, I know. It's so annoying when YouTubers are like, watch this video here and watch that video there. I know, it sucks. I wish there was an easy answer, but this really is the type of thing that you have to educate yourself on, figure out what you want, and go from there or just buy a single Rad 2X cable, start with that and kind of figure out what you're doing afterwards. So uh, links to everything are in this post. Next, Greg from LaserBear has just opened pre-orders on three different Virtual Boy power solutions. So real quick, before I talk about these, the Virtual Boy is powered by an adapter that connects to the controller. That's the original way to do it. There was either a way to snap in an AC adapter that uses an SNES power brick, or you could snap in a battery pack module that you fill with AA batteries. So Greg Solutions would snap in in place of those. And the first one is $30, and he's calling it the Virtual Power Pack, and it's just an AC adapter. You could use any, I would say any tablet quality USB charger. You don't need USB PD or anything fancy, just not a junky one that you got at a gas station for a dollar. I would say minimum one amp would be the safest way 
to do this so you don't have to worry about any power issues. But that's all you would need. It snaps in place and it's smaller than the original, so you kind of have your controller be a little bit lighter. However, there are two battery pack solutions as well. They're all USB-C powered. However, one of them is smaller than the original and should get about two to four hours of playtime depending on the batteries that you purchase. Now, <clears throat> this smaller adapter is $50. They all require you to buy the batteries separate. Greg lists the exact ones that he recommends and I would not mess around with that. I would buy the links directly from the page where you, you get this. I think he has Amazon links set up for that. I would not mess around with the battery pack style on that one. However, doing so, you'll get yourself two to four hours of battery life depending which batteries that you choose. I can't imagine playing Virtual Boy for two hours straight. It never gives me headaches, but I also don't think I could stand two straight hours looking at it anyway, but whatever, I'm still a huge fan. And then the next battery pack is larger. It's still actually thinner than the original, but it's taller, and that's $55, and that could accept batteries that would last up to 10 hours, which it's a little bit crazy to think of uh, needing that for your Virtual Boy, but the option's there. I could certainly see that as somebody who just just wants to leave it on their shelf. Like Cousin Scott had his Virtual Boy set up, so it was set to his exact height on a shelf, so he could just walk up to it, press a button, and start playing, and then when he's done, just flip it off and never have to move it off his shelf. So I'm, I imagine that actually would be a great solution for Cousin Scott or, or people like that. Now, you could also use a one amp or higher USB power bank, and the original uh, or the the first thing I mentioned, the virtual power pack. So you, you would basically need an AC adapter, the power pack, and then instead of a USB power supply, you get the, you know, just the USB power bank, the rechargeable USB stuff. And that would definitely work. And if you already have one of those, that might be an option. But I just think, and this is just my opinion, feel free to disagree. I, I think that if you're going to buy a new elegant solution, buy one that has everything contained or just leave it plugged into power. I can't really see a lot of people using that solution, just having your tethered to a USB power pack that sits on a desk next to it, unless you already own one or unless there's a scenario in which I'm not thinking of that that might be easier. I linked to one of the ones that Greg talked about in case that is something that you'd be interested in. And if you're interested in all the other craziness that's available for the Virtual Boy, I did a live stream with Kevin Malat a while back and it's a little intimidating because it looks like it's a three hour video or something, but really the first 15, 20 minutes go through all of the hardware accessories and then the rest is showing gameplay footage of all the amazing homebrew that's out there. So if you want to know what else is available for the Virtual Boy, I strongly recommend still checking that one out. And one of these days, maybe I'll get around to editing that into a 10-minute here's the accessories video and then you know leave that live stream up for people that want uh, you know just to see the gameplay footage. But not enough hours in the day, you know. But there are enough hours to play Virtual Boy. So if you want, if you want to upgrade to a cool power solution, check out Greg. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Thanks. Next, Dennis Vandenbroek, aka Pointer Function on Twitter, has just released the design files for the clear Famicom controller shells. These are ones that I had shown off on live streams and social media before, and they are absolutely 
gorgeous. They are crystal clear. They fit perfect. They feel exactly like the originals. And you could either download the print files to print yourself, or there's links to get them directly printed from PCBWay, which is the exact version that I tested. They come out really well. They're kind of expensive. I think it'll be after shipping under 100 bucks, but still pretty expensive. And one of the things that kind of makes it harder is that the Player 1 and Player 2 controller on the Famicom are different because the Player 2 is the one that has the microphone and the volume slider in it. But if you order it yourself, or of course, if you're printing yourself, you don't need to order both sides. I heard a lot of people say that they wanted them to match the Retro Gamer Store shells and that it's going to be the original red rear of it with the clear front, just like the clear top of the Retro Gamer Store shell and the red bottom. I thought that was a very cool idea, plus it could save you money. So that's a, re a really neat way to, to do it. I personally loved the all-clear version, uh, as well as you know combining that with a Retro Gamer Store shell. So it's certainly something that's worth uh, that's worth considering. But you know, if you have a cracked and yellowed Famicom, I mean, it, it's not cheap, but getting that Retro Gamer Store top and these controllers would just make it look absolutely crazy. Please check out the post for more info. That picture at the bottom you could click on for a full-sized view, and it just... I can't gush over this enough. I can't... The words don't do this justice. Seeing this thing in person sitting in front of me just made me go, holy crap, this thing is a work of art. So seriously consider it if you want to upgrade the case and controller on your Famicom. And if not, just go to the post and admire how cool the pictures look. <laughs> Next up, our dearly beloved Rich White House has just released another version of the Big PMU Atari Jaguar emulator. And this one adds a script that makes the game Checkered Flag actually playable. Now, if you've never experienced that game before, you might not understand how impactful that statement is. However, if you were like me and ended up with a Jaguar and checkered flag for a holiday back in the day and was absolutely let down in every possible way, you might understand how important this is. Now, one of the last updates talked about adding scripts that essentially change the games in real time. And Rich added things like uh, two-player mode for Alien vs. Predator, a whole bunch of stuff that I had previously talked about. And in this one, the script added native resolution rendering for Checkered Flag, analog controller support, and frame rate unlocking. So you could render it in, if you have a graphics card that's good enough, in native 4K. You could use an analog controller so that when you go around the turns, it'll, you know, the driving isn't just all the way in one direction or not. And the frame rate unlocking is crucial because I think the original one runs at maybe three, four frames per second, being a little facetious. But if you've played the game, you understand what I mean. And if you want to see what it's like, absolutely check out the footage that Richard put up. You could download it yourself for free. Of course, if you like to see these things, please, please, please consider supporting Rich on Patreon because the only way we're going to get in-depth updates like this is by supporting. So imagine what else that could be done with the Jaguar. So if you want more info, the full list of changes are in the post, links to everything, uh, links to an interview I did with Rich back uh, about a year ago, I guess, maybe a little bit more. Um, that's as always available as a video or just search any podcast app for Retro RGB White House. Uh, but yeah, I just can't say enough good things about this one. Just the fact that Checkered Flag might actually be a game that you don't mind sitting and playing for a little while versus just a giant disappointment. Uh, it's very exciting. So thanks to Rich for continuing to do all this stuff. 
Next up, Tito from Macho Nacho Productions just released what might be one of his most helpful videos that he has ever made, which is saying a lot because his modding tutorials are absolutely awesome. But this video is about using Sendico to buy stuff from Japan and have it shipped to you. And more importantly, having multiple things purchased in Japan to send to them who repackages it and sends it to you all in one shot. And I just think this was absolutely so helpful because there's so many people that want to grab things from Japan that might not have access to different places to get it. I'm so lucky that I have my friend Jimmy Hoppe living out there so I could just have him grab me stuff if I really need it. But before that, I was just basically annoying beast having him help me walk through stuff like this. And now Tito just put it together in one really awesome guide. Can't really say enough good things about this. If you have any desire to buy a bunch of stuff from Japan, this is definitely the way that you should I'm pretty sure this is the way that you should go about doing it. The only thing I'll add is Tito said something in the video that I just want to reiterate here. There's probably a fragility size weight limit to this, even though Sendico doesn't talk about that. I've seen a couple people complain about how they ship CRTs, which makes sense because if they're shipping all of this other stuff all day long, they might not understand what goes into shipping a CRT. I get it. Um, or, or maybe they'd be willing to add special pricing, but with all respect to you and Sendico, that's going to be expensive. It should be expensive because to properly ship a CRT costs a lot. I did a live stream showing how crazy I, I went just shipping an 8-inch PVM, not even a 14-inch or higher. So that's definitely it. And, and same with weight, you know. Uh, I think Tito mentioned you might not want to ship a laser active or a CDI or something. Uh, I get that because they... they they're not super fragile, not like a PVM, but they're not indestructible and they're very heavy. So it's something that you might want to discuss with the seller. You might want to try to figure something else out. But for the things that Tito showed, consoles, other than the CDI, uh, games, things like that, I, I thought this was just super helpful. And I was really happy to see this video out. So definitely, definitely check it out. Even if you don't need it now, Maybe just watch the video now so you're familiar with it. And then when you need to go actually buy something from Japan, rewatch the video or reference the post here on RetroRGB. Next up, the Game Boy Advanced game Zelda The Minish Cap has just been fully decompiled. And at the moment, that's exactly where the project stands. I don't believe there's any other further progress. But if you've been following the work of people who have been working on projects like this before, this is a massive announcement because essentially... They have reverse engineered all of the code in the game that would allow people to remake it into PC versions or port it to other things or whatever they want to do with it. And that led to some of the things like the Mario 64 HD packs and all the other very cool stuff you've seen floating around. So this is a really big deal. I mean, I, I enjoyed the Minish Cap a lot, but I believe I played it through the Wii U Virtual Console because that was the first time I had a chance to do so, which, you know, is fairly laggy and had some short shortcomings. So I think I would absolutely just go nuts playing an HD remake of this. But, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself here. This is an amazing accomplishment in itself. And I'm not trying to take away from that in any way by, by you know, talking about what might come in the future. I just really wanted to talk about this because it's very cool and it's awesome to see these games be released in this way. Because even if it's just the code right now, the future is pretty limitless for what this could be done. So if you want more info, definitely check out Donald's posts. And we'll, of course, update everybody if there's um, any kind of uh, playable version of this or if it's been ported to anything. You could definitely guarantee a post up here. 
Next up, a demo of the Sega Genesis port of Castlevania Symphony of the Night is now available to download. And yep, you heard that correct. A team of people have been working on porting the PlayStation 1 game, Castlevania Symphony of the Night, the game that basically caused the term Metroidvania to come out, between that and Super Metroid, of course. That has been ported partially to the Sega Genesis. So the demo does work on real hardware via an EverDrive. And of course, you could also use it on Mr. and everything else. But it is absolutely nuts to see. Uh, if you check out Easy Good Night's post here if you want a lot more info and you want links to demos of it in action. But this is just incredible to seeing it run, seeing this run so smooth on much less powerful hardware than the PlayStation. It's just a ridiculous accomplishment. And it's not just the power of the hardware. The color palette is much more limited, yet all of the scenes look really great. This is just, if you're a fan of the Sega Genesis and you're a fan of Symphony of the Night or even just one of the two, I would call this a must try. This is just such a cool accomplishment. And I, I just can't wait to see how much farther this project gets. So, um, you know, definitely check out all of Pixie's work. Um, I, you know, check out Eric's post for this. And all I could say is, holy crap, that's absolutely nuts. Well, that's it for this week and the last roundup of 2023. As always, thanks to everybody who watches, listens, plays nicely in the comments, and especially thank you to anybody who supports in any way possible. Whether it's just simply spreading the word about what RetroRGB does, or if it's clicking on affiliate links, which is a pretty big deal, or the people who support monthly, who are the biggest helpers. Thank you all so much for allowing me to do this for another year, and be pretty cool if I got to do it for one more year after this as well. So thank you all so much. I really do appreciate you. Have a great holiday and a happy new year, and I'll see you for the first one of 2024. This week's roundup is brought to you by Neo Paradigm Entertainment, connecting Southeast Asian influencers with opportunities in the West. 